Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 4. Is it Episode 4? I forgot already. <laughs> um, I think it's Episode 4. Episode 4. Flower Child, in which Niles conquers his fears of parenting by adopting a surrogate bag of flour into his care. Key, okay, in this episode... Frasier has some trouble in the B-plot of the episode with a Get Well Soon card. Where do you stand on cards generally? Do you like them? Do you like sending them? Do you like receiving them? I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like a bit of a Scrooge. I'm not a huge fan of cards. Neither I feel that what you'd agree. I feel you, I feel you only give cards because you're getting them and you feel bad if you don't give them. Mm-hmm. And if you give them, the people are only going to throw them in the bin a week later or they're going to stick them in a drawer and never look at them and just take up space. It, yeah. There's no point. I can understand a card from, I don't know, if it's a really special card, someone writes a really meaningful message or if you have a particularly close relation. I don't know, something justifies a card. But mm-hmm. on the whole, nobody's going to sit there and look through all the cards they've had for every birthday they've ever had. So it's not that it's not particularly useful no i completely agree my mom loves cards so i'll always get her one but everyone else in the family actually my nan does as well my, my, my mother's mother so it kind of runs in the family there but generally speaking cards don't really do it for the rest of us um we've always loved kind of handmade cards though we don't really make them that often but my mom loves kind of handmade stuff as well so she is someone i'll always get a card for but i'm a bit like you i think it rubs me the wrong way how much money they are like the markup on these things they're what like 5p if that to, to produce a it's probably way less than that. It's probably like decimal pennies to produce a single card, you know, from a batch. And they sell them for like three ninety nine each. You know, just the markup on them is insane. And, you know, the market is, is massive as well. But yeah, I, I, mean, I had a feeling you'd agree with me, actually. So I mean, it's, I'm glad you did in some ways. I'm going to be honest, I was surprised by the question, actually, because I expect I fully expected a question like, Kieran, are you, what are your views on children? That is um, literally what I was going to ask you. And I was like, in keeping with the irreverent only <laughs> question, I've got to subvert whatever you're expecting so you can't kind of prepare your answer um the whole fun little story planned about a kid <laughs> oh you're kidding me okay well we can revisit that at some point maybe if there's absolutely nothing in a future episode for me to ask you i will uh, i mean kids come up a lot in phrase so keep that story for a rainy day um, okay, are you ready well, to tuck yourself in a trivia corner this week i am indeed excellent we've been sent in a lot this week actually um which is amazing thank you everyone who submitted them just kind of speaking in kind of you know time constraints rather we're probably going to have to stick to the three from mischief night and three from hamish because they're kind of the the original quiz masters and then we'll probably read one question out going forward from from every, anyone else who wants to send one in um just so we can kind of keep the episodes to within an hour or, or thereabouts um because otherwise, you know, everyone's writing so many great questions that are real head scratches that will end up being here for ages. Um, but we really appreciate everyone who sends them in. Uh, I will start this week, Key. I'll ask you three of, um, well, not three. I'll ask you Hamish's batch that he sent for uh, for you. So Hamish's first question for you this week, Key. When Niles and Frasier are in Nervosa, brackets the Ngi scene, they are sitting by the bookcase. Behind them is a man looking at the books. What colour jacket is that man wearing? A great visual colour oh, one to start you off. <laughs> oh, I've got no idea. Um, Kryptonite, the KK of the uh, of Qu- Trivia Corner. <laughs> okay, um, the jacket. The colour. What mm-hmm. colours are jackets? There's only one colour. It's... I, mean, I feel black. Okay, you can't say black because it, you, no one would notice the black jacket. It's got to be something bright, isn't it? Otherwise... Okay, oh. I think it's got a bit of a vibrancy. I say blue. Ooh, no. I'm afraid it is green. I'm oh. afraid you're very close, very close, <laughs> but it was green. I can't remember this actually. Um, I'm normally kind of paying attention when they're at the bookshelf because I always like to see if someone takes an actual physical book <laughs> off the shelf. Um, but yeah, I missed that. So well done, Hamish. That's uh, one nil to you so far. Question two: When Niles is looking at the babies in the hospital near the end of the episode, what room number is in the background? Wow, this is a good one as well. Jeez. These oh, are really like I, I didn't just throw a bottle across the room i dropped it (laughs) (laughs) that's probably also the background Um, i'll give you a clue key i i can't say this for sure but if i was to take an educated guess i would say that on the third floor okay so it starts with three they do that might help or i'm trying to think of like normally floors do they have a set number of digits in a hospital or like you know you wouldn't have a five digit room number for example would you so i'm trying to stimulate those little gray cells of yours god I don't think I'm not on the whole oh god. Um 
Okay, I'm, for the second question on the balance, I have no idea. So I'm literally taking a stab in the dark. There is a one in infinity chance I get this right, because that's how, you know, numbers. If you do, Key, I can't explain what will happen, but something will. 313. Oh my god, I thought you were going to get it. No, oh. no, no, no. Key, you are one number out. It was 324. Yes, it's two oh, numbers out, mate. No, no, I meant like the. What did you say? 13? I said 313. Oh, I thought you said 340. Damn it. Oh. Oh, it completely loses all relevance there. <laughs> You're just wrong in that case. <laughs> but Hamish, well played. Two excellent questions there. Um, now we've got Missy's questions. I don't think Missy has contributed any to the episode, uh, to the podcast before. So an inaugural quiz master here. What was the cab number that Arlene was driving? Can, I think I do know this. I think I do know this one. I think um, Martin says that it's uh, 804. He does say it's 804. Well played, Key. So you're back in the game already. Come you're, again. You're never out for long. <laughs> you um, feel, honestly, this feels like an ITV quiz show. You know? <laughs> back in the game. You've got a chance. Honestly, I've got like a big holographic board behind me with like, the prize money on it as well. And I'm kind of tantalizing, <laughs> just pointing at it. What composer's music was Niles playing and conducting when he accidentally ran his little flower shard through with a, uh, um, a conductor's, I don't know what you call it, a conductor's needle? Yeah, what, what is it called? I don't actually what know what that's called. I think he says he's using chopsticks or something but what yeah, he, yeah. Uh, either way, um in terms of the music is it i might be pronouncing it wrong is it brahm it is brahm indeed well played okay so there you go you get two wrong you get two right yeah you're straight back in it um <laughs> next up is preston and what key and i normally do is we vet each other's questions to make sure there aren't any repetition across the uh the ones people have submitted and what he's made for me unfortunately preston you are so in tune with key that both of your questions are two that he's going to ask me i haven't looked ahead at your answer I haven't kind of dwelled on keys, so you know they will be spontaneous. But unfortunately, that means we are going to have to not ask yours this week. We will make sure that you get pride of place next week. So apologies for that. Um, Anna, or brackets Rosalinda, as Hamish has uh, has coined her. What is Marty's response when Niles says he's role playing? Okay, I think Niles says we're role playing, Dad. Mm -hmm. And and Martin says, try playing the role of a sane person. <laughs> yes, he does. A great <laughs> line as well. Um, in fact, I'll come back to it in the episode review, but the previous question about the Brahms scene is in my top 10 across the whole series of Frasier for uh, for quotes. Um, but we'll, we will get to that. But yes, try playing the role of a sane person is what Martin says. Okay, last question from Hamish's batch this week. So this is Anna's question. What is the picture that's hanging in the nursery at the hospital? So there's a oh, picture hanging in that room that Niles is looking on. Um, it's. Uh, I'll get to give you a clue. It, it's. It's child friendly. Thank God for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a poster for you know Psycho. <laughs> it's Pulp Fiction on the wall. <laughs> um, okay. I used to work in a school with children, and in every room they had the alphabet. So I'm going to say the alphabet. Okay, yeah. take a bow, my son. Did the alphabet. <laughs> it's the letters of the alphabet. Well played. That is every, really nice. Every room where children are going to go, someone will stick an alphabet on the wall. They will. I mean, it, I, and when children learn the alphabet as well, I mean, I can I can't remember ever learning it specifically, but you know, we have vague memories of being the kids, and obviously you and I went to school together. I don't ever remember searching the walls for like for, for <laughs> inspirational answers. For I was learning, you know, you just listen to the teacher, you write it down. It's a very kind of back and forth thing. I have a very vague recollection of someone referring to, I think it was a K, might have been a C, I don't even remember, as a curly K. That's a C, and then a K, it's a kicking K, kicking K and a curly K. Oh, just, God. Oh, that stuff sticks with you, man. It's chilling in many ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, well played, everyone who sent those questions in, and well played, Key, you, were, you really brought it home at the end there. Um, do you want to ask me your three and Mischief Knight's three? Okay, so we will start with my three first. Let's do it. So, question number one. According to Martin, what is the closest hospital? I'm going to take a stab here um, because there's two scenes that I can remember of this season. No, of, of Frasier that we've looked at so far. Of Martin in a car with Frasier. And I think he mentions Roosevelt as a road in, in Midsummer, Midwinter Night's Dream. And for some it reason, it's chimed with me that it's also Roosevelt again here. So I'm going to say Roosevelt Hospital or something like that. It's nowhere near. You're joking. No. There's no need to be so cutting. <laughs> Roosevelt, I will tell you, Roosevelt, it's um, it's quicker in rain than it is dry. Yeah, you are right about that. You are right about that. Um, but the hospital is First Methodist. Oh, for God's sake. Of course, um, it's First Methodist. Nothing to do with Roosevelt. Nothing to do with Roosevelt. Thank <laughs> you, Kate. <laughs> okay, second question. Let's go. 
go. What street is the taxi on? Oh, it's it's a classic. It's the classic of like American city naming convention where it's it's like a proper noun and then a number, um, like Pike and Third. I have a feeling it's a tree. I don't know. I've got Sycamore in my head, but I don't know. I even if Sycamore is right, I've got no idea what the number is. So I'm going to say Sycamore and Fourteenth. Oh well. Oh. And you're kind of right. It's Fourteenth and Sycamore. Oh my god, you're joking. It's Fourteenth and Sycamore. Holy hell! I did not. Well, I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Thank well you. Done, well done, mate. Well done. After the, after the trouncing from last question, you've uh, given me a reprieve. <laughs> okay, and my third question, my armor. While Arlene is in labor or possibly giving birth, mm -hmm. where does Niles go? Oh, does he go to a falafel stand to get some hot water? Yes, he does. Yes, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if it's the same. If he has to pass the uh, the kiosk from the man from the Fogus group on his way there, I bet it's the same falafel stand. <laughs> it's the same guy. Oh, excellent. Thank you for those keys. Not too bad. Two out of three. I'll take it. Bad at all. Well, not bad at all. So we're now going on to Mischief Knight's three questions. Oh, okay. So question number one. What time is Fraser's dinner reservation with Martin? Oh, goodness. Oh, I don't even know when this is mentioned in the episode. Right at the start. Right at the start. I'm going to yeah. have to just take a, a, an educated guess and, and say 7 p.m. That would be a much more reasonable answer. Oh. The real answer is 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Oh, 3 p.m. Oh, that's annoying. For dinner, does it make any dinner. sense? Oh, okay. Well played, Cora. Okay. Question two. How many children are in Navosa? Oh, wow. We'll accept one of two answers. Okay, so there's the baby that the woman is holding. <sighs> Presumably there's another kid somewhere. Um, I'm not including the bag of flour. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say the baby, and I'm going to say maybe there's one other kid that we see, so I'm going to say two. Is correct. It oh. is two children, or three if you include the flower child. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nice one, Corey. Um, also, I've just, I don't mean to interrupt Trivia Corner, but I've just had one of those where I've gone bright red, alarming, alarmed moments, where I realised I did not keep track of the coffee count for this episode. It's been so long since we've been to Navosa that I have... Or actually, we might even have been there two episodes ago, but I've completely We don't go that last so, week. Um, I think we probably did. So I'm going to hold my hands up, um, and we will. Uh, I will go back and, and go back and check, and I'll have an updated answer next week. I think, uh, I think last week was the matchmaker, and uh, I think in Navosa when she's talking about Brick and yes, um, yeah, lathering yeah, yeah. up Daphne with Baby. Yeah, hurling over the wall of a prison yard. Yeah, so I definitely yeah. have the figure there. So if if it will probably be one or two. So I'll go back and look, and I'll just have to add one or two from this episode onto last week. So it's it's all is not lost, people. Just a bit of lapse from me there. Okay, and final question from Mischief Knight. Mm -hmm. uh, question three: um, What is the name of the cab company that Arlene works for? Oh man, I think I actually did pay attention to this because I, I thought you might ask me something about this. I remember the graphic because you see her her driver's side door with the logo on. Um, I have a feeling it's like. I know Northwest, I think, is the big word in the middle, but there's probably words around it, so I'm just going to say, like, Northwest Cab Company. He's bang on. Oh, well done. my God. Wow. What is happening tonight? <laughs> Something in the air, I think. Northwest Cab Company. Not bad going. Thank you so much, Corey, for those. Absolutely excellent. Um, we actually do have a few other questions we've been sent in, Keith. So, we, you know, we've got a little bit of time in Trivia Corner this week. So, Reclia has, uh, has sent in one little bonus question, um, and that is, how many plasters are on on the flower pack in Navosa after Fraser remarks that it has a boo-boo. It's two, isn't it? It is two, yeah. He said he thought he'd go a little easier this week, Reckley did, after, uh, I think last last Reckley question was about the how many seconds left before Fraser's got to go back on air, um, which I butchered. It got, got horribly wrong. So Reckley offering a, a, an olive branch there. And we also got sent in three by Screw on Head, who hasn't actually um, contributed before. A new, a new listener from Canada. Um, he's been listening for a few weeks now, so we'll probably get to that in listener mail. But here you go, okay? So I think I'm fair. I haven't read these questions yet, so if I'm reading one and stop midway through, it's because we've already asked it. Back in Martin's day, men were relegated to the waiting room during birth, smoking cigarettes and reading what? Oh, isn't it um, reading Life magazine? It is Life magazine, yes. Well played. I actually have made a note of that because I wanted to talk about Life magazine for a brief moment. Um, okay, question two. 
Frasier worries that Niles is mistaking his flower child for a real one and gives him a handy tip for telling the difference between a person and a bag of flour. What is it? I think a person doesn't have recipes on the back? Yes, doesn't come people, with recipes? People, yeah, people don't usually come come with pop-over recipes on their backs. Um, so a good observation there. When Arlene introduces him, what colour is baby Nathan's pacifier? These are really good questions. Oh, jeez. Um, okay. Uh, da, da, da. What colour's the pacifier? I'm gonna say yellow. Oh my god, it's yellow. Yellow. It's, yellow. it's actually well played, man. That's unreal. <laughs> um, also, really interesting kind of nitpicking point we can get to. But I love pacifier sounds so weird to us in the UK because we call them a dummy, and yet the pacifier is so practically named because it's literally describing exactly what it does. Whereas the dummy is no help to anyone. Like so, I just a think dummy is describing the child, is it? Exactly. So I think Americans have got it bang on with pacifier, even though it sounds really weird for such a kind of small niche object. But there you go. Um, so thank you everyone who's sent in questions for Trivia Corner this week. That was kind of a, a bumper bumper corner um but onto the review can you remember the animation key i want to say it was just lights it was on, a, little bit, a little bit of a, a simple one but always effective lights are in the skyline we opening kcl maggie and gavin having issues with some displays of affection do you do you agree here with um kind of ross the whole is is gavin being too too clingy is he kind of showing too much commitment too early on with the roses and the i can't remember the other things he does actually you might have made a note of them i think does he call all the time he does and... call all the time yeah so where do you stand here do you think he's just being a classic kind of ro an old romantic or do you think he's uh she needs to get out now i'm sympathetic towards gavin i think <laughs> at the start of any relationship usually you have this moment like oh my god this is amazing it's brilliant oh let's yeah. be let's be together all the time let's never leave each other it's <laughs> after a couple of months you settle down and you're like okay the football's on i'm gonna go near the room i think yeah I think, i've got sympathy for gavin he's clearly just in that you know initial stage and she's moved on a bit quicker mm, I, I think i agree i love like rosie's kind of non-verbal um disagreement with frazier like the other side of the, the screen and she's kind of like just shaking her head and, and completely uh disregarding i think frazier's saying something's really interesting at this point here i don't know if you had any takes on this but Fraser's like, oh, you know, let's see what my non-PhD holding producer thinks. What it's weird that he distinguishes himself through the PhD rather than the MD, because obviously he has an MD. You know, he's got a medical degree; he can prescribe medicine, etc. And you know, as someone who's doing a PhD, you know, they're very prestigious in some circles. But I think an MD is is far more so and i just think fraser would 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 want to defer to that rather than the phd it's weird i don't know why he i don't know it's really stuck in my craw and i think maybe it's because of you know the fact i'm still at uni this sticks with me but i just think he would be more inclined to say my non-md holding producer i don't know possibly i think that's it's a bit of a moot point but i don't know maybe he just thinks that phd sounds more academic and yeah maybe a bit more intellectual and maybe that's a bit more up his street yeah, I think that um, might be, that might be the case. I, I agree with you. I think um, I certainly offence. I hold MD in high regard. Oh no, I do I know. MD can save your life. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if I, I part of me actually, I think this is from growing up with Frasier, but part of me wishes I'd been more kind of STEM orientated because going into psychiatry actually really appeals to me. I just don't have a scientific or medicinal brain. Um, you know, I scraped through at A level with my sciences, but I think it's probably just watching too much Frasier has made me want to go down that route. But uh. I'm basically doing the complete opposite. I'm, I'm reading Freud in a literary sense, but I'm not practicing it in any kind of actionable way. But yeah, no, I'm completely in agreement with you. I think MDs are kind of the, the cream of the crop. I love like uh, Maggie's delivery where she's like, so good to hear that, Raz. Like the way she says that, and like just the fact that she just doesn't take on board anything Fraser says. Like she's just fully kind of like, you know, yeah, I wanted to hear from a woman telling me this is bad and I can get out now kind of thing. Arlene yeah. is called, oh, sorry, not Arlene. Maggie. Maggie has called up. Hear what she wants to hear. Yes, she, she has. Um, can you remember where Martin and Fraser were going for dinner? D uh, Shea shrimp. <laughs> Shea shrimp it is. Shrimp. Which I'm going to be honest, is probably delicious. You know, the, all these all these places that get named. Fraser kind of turns his, his nose up at Shea shrimp. But this this kind of rang true when I heard this line. I made a note of the fact that. Over at Fraser Fan Club, I remember at some point recently, and by recently I mean in like the last 12 months, I think there was an exhaustive list they tried to compile, you know, crowdsource it through the membership there in the comments, of how many restaurants get named across the entire show. And like Shea Shrimp would have been on there, you know, Maximilian's would have been on there. 
bad billies, the gay bar would probably be on there. Like all of these places that you know you could eat or drink at, kind of get named. And it was just it was a really kind of great exercise. I think it's just really the kind of thing we love doing on this podcast, I guess, kind of compiling useless data about the, the world of Frasier, which is what I'm doing with the coffee cat. And yet, I've completely neglected my my duties this week. Um, but yeah, Shea Shrimp, there you go. KACL KACL bowling team gets mentioned at this point. Now, I don't know if I'm just being biased because of how much I love Team Homer, the episode of The Simpsons here, but how good would an episode of KACL bowling would have been? I'd have loved it. I'm, I'm one of those guys, I always think, yeah, I really want to join a bowling team. It'd be really, really? Fun. Are you a bowling um, fan? You know, I like it when I go. I'm no good at it. I, wow. uh, See, I'm no good at it and hate it when I go. <laughs> I, I go infrequently enough that it's still like sort of fun i go maybe once a year once every couple of years i'm with you there so it's still got the magic as when you were a kid you went i wouldn't say magic (laughs) my my (laughs) shoes stick to the floor (laughs) but i mean it's not in america i feel that they take bowling a lot more seriously than we do they do they do bowling over here is um it just makes me think of frank rhymes it's like i sleep above a bowling alley and below another another bowling alley If you're if you're ever going on a double date for bowling because Mm. you don't you don't really have to speak to one another Mm. and it's not if you're you know as a guy generally speaking you go on a double date you're stuck with the other guy and if you don't know him very well (laughs) you're not personalities that match you it's going to be a a long night yeah sipping your cokes on the plastic furniture and yeah Yeah. and and throwing a ball at something is one way of relieving that built-up aggression (laughs) you've had to spend the whole night there Dating advice with Key. This should definitely be a section <laughs> of the podcast. And also the fact that if you to go on there on a double date, usually they're blasting so much cheesy pop music that like the Venga boys at 200 decibels will just kind yeah. of do all the talking you need to do. <laughs> you just sit there in silence. Um, but yeah, bowling alley is kind of weird liminal spaces in many ways. They're very garish and neon and loud and sticky floors. Anyone who likes bowling, please let us know in the, uh, in the comments this week when you write in weird the kind of scene cuts now to them in in the cab it's weird seeing them all in the back of the cab one because we rarely see them all in a vehicle um at any one time but two why are they all sitting in the back why did no one sit in the front did this occur to you you someone when you're in a in a taxi do you sit in the front or the back always the front if the space oh, i always sit always in the front, the front. I, I think if i'm in the back it feels a bit like i'm a expecting a show for me yeah. for me around where is it i always sit in the front i'm like right, yeah exactly <laughs> you get in the front in britain and you say have you been busy tonight that is what you do <laughs> that is the taxi way i mean then when... after that you do not speak unless you've had <laughs> way way too much to drink yeah I only ever speak to him when I'm when I'm coming back from town and I'm drunk or whatever. But yeah, like if I get in a taxi with a group of friends, I'm usually the one in the front doing the uh, you know doing the talking, just kind of reaching out, saying hello. Because you know these people, they're human beings. You know they're not like automatons to just ferry you around town. And sometimes you know sometimes they can't be asked. The last time I remember being in a cab actually was New Year's, and as we have discussed many times in this podcast, my bladder is tiny, and I'd had like a single can of beer at my mate's house before we headed to like the pub, and uh, I went to the loo before getting in the cab, and it was about a 25-minute drive, it was actually quite far away, and in that space and time, I was bursting again, and I was just basically leveling with the driver, like, mate, you got to floor it here, because something bad's going to happen, and he was offering me Airwaves chewing gum, other brands available, of course, and he's like, oh, right, here, have some chewing of it will take your mind off it and i kind of looked at the chewing gum and it had like been in his pocket for what looked like about <laughs> 10 years and i just kind of I, I just pocketed the chewing gum and pretended i put it in my mouth um, but you see there you go if i hadn't bridged the gap and opened lines of communication with him i'd never have got, chewing got some gum. chewing so, gum out of it he was really being you know bladder conscious and how can you can't say that of many uber drivers can you so well what happened to the chewing gum in the end did you ever ever use it I, I probably got out i probably woke up in the morning this was new year's eve the night so i already woke up on new year's day or steaming hangover and this mushed kind of my pockets glued together by a neon green airwaves uh tab so yeah it, it, the, you know the thought was there but it probably wasn't the best for me but i should have just lobbed it out the window i think it would have been better um <laughs> that would have hurt his feelings that would, I have to well, discre- look, you wouldn't you wouldn't even do that at your window you'd have thrown it across him out of his window. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate betrayal that would have been he'd have never drove me anywhere again um we have Niles asking at this point, does calfskin pucker 
just a brilliant line. The way David Hyde Pierce gets his kind of mouth around the word pucker and says it, it's hilarious. And then Fraser's kind of remark, yes, that's why they all get bullied on the farm or whatever. The most made fun of of all the most made fun of, of all the animals. That is that is funny that him saying they get bullied is like the most made fun of. Even that, even his insult, it sounds like stupid and childlike. Um, Niles opening her door is a hilarious sight gag. I think like her scream is so shrill. I just why he thinks to go and open that door is beyond me when you can see her leaning against it but grateful for that scene because without it I wouldn't have got the Northwest Cab Company question right so there you go also very interesting little reference here Key. Cab Calloway is referenced can you tell me the other um, as far as I'm aware the only other instance on Frasier where he is prominently referenced oh god so, I mean, um... it's, we, we, we're, we're a long way there for a couple of seasons away from it yet I think two seasons away but I just thought I'd throw it out there just to see. The one I should get. I I don't think so. Um, I think it's kind of it's 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 an iconic scene, but the the, the line isn't iconic. Um, it's not like a particularly well-known gag. I just thought I'd, I'd throw it out there to come in case you were you twigged. Off the top of my head, I'm not getting anywhere close. Okay, well, Cab Calloway, as far as I'm aware, I mean, I know he was a singer. I'm maybe a pianist as well. I don't know for sure. But in, it is in Martin Does It His Way, where they're writing She's Such a Groovy Lady at the Piano. Yes! And, uh, yeah, Frazier says it sounds like Cab Calloway sung backwards about one of uh, Martin's verses. So just, yeah, weird that they've got another Cab Calloway joke here. Someone in Listener Mail, who we'll get to later, and I will fully credit them, I always do, this apologies you'll, you'll be listening right now and you'll know that it's you um mentioned that frazier's own child frederick was born in a cab in cheers and yet he doesn't mention that when he says many great americans have been born this way again is this an oversight from the writers or do they just purposely leave it out for the cab calloway joke i don't know what do you think possibly i think that the the cab calloway joke is funnier and works better i think it does rather than him going for like an actual sentimental line at that point and i wonder if at this stage there's still a bit of a desire maybe um because off the top of my head i don't think we've had any other than obviously we've had mention of lilith but i don't think there's been much really about Frasier's time in Boston and there's not been many I think Cheers references and Cheers no there really hasn't so I don't know if at this stage maybe the writers were still thinking they don't want that they want to make want to keep it as own entity a little bit yeah yeah um, so an um, is a good, good way maybe Maybe they were thinking that viewers who only know him from Frasier wouldn't necessarily buy the fact that his son was born in a cab, or they'd want they'd want an explanation that they don't have time to give in the episode. Maybe. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, I, I forget how many people might have come to Frasier having not watched Cheers. I mean, it seems nowadays that's obviously going to be quite high. But maybe back then, a lot of the, you know, 90% of Frasier viewers were familiar with Cheers. Um, but there will have been people, you know, you know, America's a big place and there's a lot of people watching TV. There will have been people who didn't watch Cheers and you're right, they would have been missing that kind of context there. I just think it's funny how Martin is the most competent here. Like, it's quite a, a funny subversion. They do quite a lot on the show, you know. The brothers have MDs, they have PhDs, and yet they're often incompetent. Martin has none of those qualifications, and yet he normally knows what he's doing. But does it kind of pass muster for you here? Like, would two medical professionals be this inept at, like, you know, even basic childbearing? I, I don't know. I like I like that Martin takes the role here, but does this kind of work for you when both of them are present and we know they are medically proficient? Um, For me, it, it does work. I think that what I find really interesting is the way that Arlene immediately looks to Martin. When, he, when she finds out he's a retired cop, she goes, oh, well, why did, what took you so long? Yeah, I like that. It's a funny line, actually. Um, which is, it's an interesting one for me that, that, you know, she instantly sort of says, oh, okay, the cop is more practical. That's who I'm going with. But, but for me, it makes sense that Frazier and Niles aren't good at this. I imagine, you know, I mean, obviously Niles, he says, he has a few really funny lines where he says, all he remembers was a bright light, blood, and then a linoleum floor hurtling towards his forehead. <laughs> That's a great line. And then I love the sass in his response when she says, are you fainting? And he went, oh, are you switch places with me, honey, and see how you do? <laughs> no, that's such a rare side of Niles. We don't get to see much. Um, but no, I think that it makes, for me, it makes sense. We know that these two are both very fussy. They're both, I think, very naive in some ways. And I can't imagine that they're very comfortable with, as, as Fraser puts it, the lower portion of the body. <laughs> For me, it buys into their characters. For me, I, I get it. Sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think I, it was worth bringing up just because you know they are MDs, so we kind of have to 
you know, maybe pick at this a little bit. But yeah, I think this is a joke, a kind of scenario they rely on a lot, as I say, Martin taking the the, the initiative. Um, and I think it works really well in this scene. And I like the kind of throwback to Arlene at the end of the episode, which obviously we'll get to. Um, then after this, after this kind of traumatic life being born kind of moment, they're back in Fraser's apartment to kind of de-stress. And, and Daphne is, is kind of in a state of undress and they all have to turn around while she kind of puts on a like a dressing gown and Nars obviously does a 360 degree turn and Fraser has to turn him again. Just, I love like Nars' delivery when she says, oh, I can't remember what Daphne says. I, it sounds like you've had a, a lot of excitement tonight or something. And he just goes, no, I haven't. <laughs> I can't remember Daphne. I do, can you remember Daphne's line? Yeah, so I guess you've had some excitement tonight. There you go. And it's like, the way he says, no, I haven't. It's just fantastic. Yeah, I just, another great delivery of this scene is when Fraser's reminiscing about when Frederick was born. And he's like, I can still remember Lilith saying, Fraser, if you ever come near me again, I'll drop you with a deer rifle. <laughs> the way he says with a deer rifle, and he's kind of half smiling. I just think he's a really wonderful line. If you ever come near me again, Fraser, I'll drop you with a deer rifle. <laughs> I've got no idea what a deer rifle is. Does it? Is it in some way distinct from a regular hunting rifle, or is it just a fancier way of saying it, do you think? I just pictured a, a normal like, hunting rifle. Yeah, like um, the one from the deer hunter or something, you know, like a scoped you know, single bolt action rifle type thing. Um, I think the delivery in, in this scene from all of them is so good. I mean, I love the way Martin is going, blab, person, blab. <laughs> the miracle of life summed up in one beautiful phrase. <laughs> um, but no, I love, and again, with Fraser's line, it's just the way he says, I'll drop you a deer rifle, but he, he puts such warmth into his voice. He does, he, says, he does. It's so nice. And this is why he's really leaning right. back with his drink. And yeah, I really, I really love that line. Kind of just after this, we have what one of the questions is based on in Trivia Corner, which is Martin's anecdote about, you know, they stuck us all in the waiting room, smoking cigarettes, reading Life magazine. I really love that anecdote. It's such a simple throwaway line, but it really colors the time Martin's from, his generation. You know, it just, it's the lines like that that really show us the, the disparity between him and, and, and Fraser and Niles because he is of that time. And just the idea of people being able to smoke cigarettes in a waiting room is in itself insane but you know life magazine as someone who is you know i've got i've made no i've never hidden the fact that i'm a huge americanist and have massive interest in american culture so you know i love the idea of life magazine and kind of i've looked at like its origins and you can look at the archive online yeah just really i love that anecdote about martin i think it's i think it's rare actually that we get these tiny throwaway lines from his character that really color him as a person not many kind of stick with me the way these do normally they reserve kind of longer monologues to john mahoney that kind of you know a bit like with the one you love um about the chair obviously that's much more extended and really fills in you know what he was like but yeah i just think this is a really nice line they probably thought nothing of it when they wrote it but i really enjoyed it um, I, I, I agree i think it's a really visually striking line mm. you, with that i can just perfectly picture a load of blokes in a room having a cigarette there's magazines there, their ties are all slightly askew. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, I think you can picture it perfectly. Slipping a hip yeah. flask of coffee, uh, of whiskey into like one of their kind of hospital vending machine coffees or something. I can see that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a really nice, I really like it. I'm a, a fan. Yeah, this whole, as you said, with Fraser's delivery of the line, warmth, I think it's the key to this whole apartment scene. I think they're all being very warm and it's got a really nice family vibe. Like It is like family, a family talking after hours. Just a really kind of nice atmosphere here. We have Daphne going into one of her rants, um, which is it's quite funny. Um, they, I, get th I feel like they get more frequent as the show goes on. You know, a bit like the whole there'll be no vegetables in hell or you know that that kind of monologue she goes off on i feel like she has more of these um this is the first proper one we see but yeah again again coloring what daphne's like as a person each character kind of gets a little moment in this apartment scene to to just expand who they are a little bit um which i think was really it's, interesting it's nice and i think I'm, i might be wrong i mean how many more lines does jane leaves actually have in this episode oh my god i think it's, um, a, it's a handful of that I'm i think it's just this scene really that she she has yeah. i mean that must be a strange feeling okay she does have a couple of lines where they're filling in the card together i think oh yeah yeah there is one line later on i want to talk about because it's 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 very of its time and quite strange but Ooh, I'm that must be that must be so weird for an actor to 
come into work that week and go like, this is my line. I have to nail this line because I've not got much else going for me in this week episode. Yeah, it's, it is true. It must have been because obviously, you know, if you're Frasier, that's going to be rare. If, and there are a few episodes where Frasier is in it less, but obviously they're not common. Martin and Niles, likewise, um, it is always Roz and Daphne that kind of get sidelined if they need to free up some space. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It probably would have been weird knowing that they're like, okay, that's me done for the for the show for that week. Um, but obviously, you know, they're all consummate professionals. I'm sure they didn't really they didn't really mind. They're probably still getting a you know a good fair whack of pay. Um, they certainly were by the end of the show. I, I I just kind of the whole idea of this show of this episode kind of comes to the fore now, which is where Niles decides he has his kind of anxiety about becoming a, a parent, and Fraser suggests the the experiment of looking after a bag of flour as if it were a child, which they kind of do in schools across like generations and stuff. I don't know if you ever you have a anecdote about this, but I remember a family friend um when she was in year 11 they they used to do this at a school near us um and she had like an actual doll like a baby not a bag of flour like an actual you know like a baby born doll or whatever and i have a weird feeling they were like they would cry randomly and you had to like put a magnetic dummy in their mouth to stop them crying so the whole idea would be like you know if you lose the dummy you're not going to stop them crying kind of thing really sinister and weird but yeah had you kind of had any knowledge or experience of people doing this um not not personally i've obviously i think that american tv shows do this sort of episode quite a bit i think where you have someone having a, a fake baby or a doll or a, you know in this case a bag of flour uh, <laughs> almost a bag of sugar at one point <laughs> yeah using it as like a parenting course mm. so i think that maybe it's something that's a bit more prevalent in america than is in this country or at least it's certainly from my experience we I've, I've never known anyone do it myself. No, um, it's, it's a weird one. I mean, would you want to do it or do you just think I'd rather just wait for the inevitable when an actual one comes along and uh, just figure it out as I go? You know, I don't think you'd learn that much. I, if it was me, I'd just sit the bag of flour in the corner of the room and go about my day. Yeah, I think, would because the bag of flour can't do anything, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. I really question the the um, is efficacy, the right word, of this experiment. Like, I just don't think it would... It would really do much for a, for a wannabe parent. You can't be... I mean, my brother and you know, sister-in-law have two identical twins' um, daughters, and they're two now. I mean, I've seen firsthand how insane it was when they were both screaming, they both needed feeding. You know, obviously, to go from having no children to two, <laughs> rather than the usual, let's have one and see if we want another one. You know, they've been absolute troopers in doing that. So I just think, yeah, a bag of flour is not going to set you up. Though... We get some fantastic lines about the, the bag of sugar and stuff about like it taking after, you know, oh, extra refined is taking after his dad already. And then the flower taking after Maris. I can't even remember the description of the flower. You got it to close the hand. Beached 100% fat free, best one kept in an airtight container. <laughs> just a brilliant, just such a good back and forth there. Just, I, I don't know, I don't know if those kind of jokes, that strikes me as a joke that they had. And they wanted to write a whole episode just to get that joke and it's that good. Like, I, sometimes the lines are that good in these episodes. You have to wonder how much of the episode did they structure around that joke? Because it would be so hard to come up with a joke that good off the idea. Um, which is obviously probably what happened. But sometimes you have to think, was it the other way around? Because that's just, it's so, so good. Yeah. I think at this stage, it'd be interesting to know in terms of the writer's mind. At this stage, had they already reached the decision that Maris was never going to be seen? on the screen yeah i'd love to know when that switch flicked obviously these jokes are so much funnier because you never see her um, and, and, yeah and i wonder if audiences at the time were still thinking god are we ever gonna see her because this description's nuts i say it would have been i just i'm really curious as to know i'd say what what stage did they make that decision because i think early on they did have the intention of casting Morris. yeah i think changed, i think they probably changed their mind so be interesting to know of, of what stage and was it because they kept writing these sort of great jokes Mm. And um, then realised there was they had enough material there that it, it would take away from the comedy to actually see her. Yeah, it'd be so great to just put a pin on the episode where we know that kind of switch flicked, and that maybe if there was such an episode where they thought, okay, you know what, let's write this next gag because we're never ever going to show her. Um, that information may be out there in interviews. Um, if it is. You know, point us to it, people. You, you may know better than, than we do. As you have known from previous episodes, we don't do a whole lot of Googling when we're trying to work out our episode kind of uh, questions and queries, but there you are. So they get to case, uh, they get to Navosa at this point, and I'm ashamed I don't have a coffee count here, but I'm, I'm imagining they have one or two. I'll go back and check. Frasier says, um, may we? 
to, to Niles when he also says, may we, to sit down. Obviously, may, Frasier's may we is French. Can you tell me, Key, what it literally translates as may we? And if my French um, serves me correctly here, hopefully I'm not getting it completely wrong. Okay, well, we is yes. It is. It? So do you know what may means? M-A-I-S. Oh, okay, okay. This could be completely wrong. But okay. this is why I went to a different TV show. Um, May Day is French for help me. As in, as in, as in M A I S. Don't know. I, don't, I just know. I know someone's like. Um, so I remember watching episode of TV show Red Dwarf, and they're stranded, and one of the characters is going, um, is saying May Day, May Day, and then he looks at the other and goes, "What did I say, May Day? I mean, it's only a bank holiday. <laughs> Why not Ascension Sunday? Ascension Sunday? Tuesday <laughs> after Pentecost." Um, and the other character turns around and goes, "It's French, isn't it? You gimboid. It's." May we help me, French, or something like that. Okay. That's, so I'm going to say, help yes. Or yes. Help yes. I have a feeling, and you can double check this, but I think it means but yes. I think may means but in French, um, as in as in like B-U-T, not B-U-double-T. As if it's like, you know, may I sit there? But yes, but of course, kind of thing. So may we, I think, means but of course or but yes. I'm not, I wonder if the Red Dwarf thing is like another joke within a joke. Because I don't know where Mayday comes from. Okay, uh, the distress call Mayday is English for the French term Mayday, which is M apostrophe A I D E Z. So oh, it's different. different. Spelling. Yeah. There and you go. It, it is from the French to help. Wow. Every um, day is a school day, man. We're even bringing some French to the podcast, which is really in keeping with the Frasier spirit. So I'm loving that. We have at this point in Navosa, my favorite moment of the entire episode. I've just remembered we haven't done Zinger of the Week, actually, for quite a while. I don't know if you'd, you'd or have we, and I've, I've skipped over the fact we have. I feel like no, we no, we, I don't think we have done it in no, quite a while. Um, I'm trying to remember some good Zingers, actually, um, from this episode, but I've, I've kind of forgot because I've only just remembered. But this whole moment of Niles running the bag of flour through with his chopsticks he was aggressively conducting to Brahms, and then Frazier's incredible line, what young parent doesn't tell that story, <laughs> is just... That is, for me, in the top 10 lines of the entire show. It's hilarious. And I think this is the best moment of the episode as well. I was playing him some Brahms the other day. Never too early to ingrain them. <laughs> I guess I must have begun conducting with one of the gilded chopsticks Maris wears in her bun, and I accidentally ran him through. <laughs> what young parent doesn't tell that story? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's such such a good line. And another line I really like in this episode, I think we've gone past it, but... Um, oh, yeah, by all means, go back. Miles is telling Frasier about... Uh, he, he thinks he wants children, and Frasier goes, we talked it's about Maris. And he goes, oh, no, well, I'd like to know what I want before Maris tells me. <laughs> That's like, a great one. I think it's a really, really funny line. It's such, it's so indicative of their relationship. It really is. Um, two brilliant lines there. We are also following this line is the whole ngi back of the throat ngi. Oh, for God's sake, Nas! That they, they have a real, um, they have a real thing on Frasier. So I just heard your email go off in the background. Um, they have a real thing on Frasier for the name Gi. So they have like the ngi scene. Then I feel like I can't remember, but it's definitely mentioned. Ski lodge, is he yeah, not? a gig yeah. from the from the ski lodge, and then also, which is different spelling. That's spelt G U Y, like we would say guy. Um, and then I know there's definitely a moment in Fraser's apartment when Fraser and Niles are standing next to the coat rack. And Niles is doing the whole, no, 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 back of the throat, ngi, and he does it again. And I can't remember, people will be able to remind me of that. I should remember that. It's a really famous scene, but it's skipping my mind at the moment. But yeah, they've got a real thing for this name. Just a really simple gag, but these are the kind of jokes that Frasier does really well. Like this, this how to pronounce a word is not a joke that would wash on, on another show of, of its time. Like this is just a very quintessential Frasier joke, which I love. Oh, just, yeah, really, really great. <laughs> Another great line. I'm just going to keep reading out my favorite lines at this point. From Frasier, when he <laughs> he's on about the, the card. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the whole B-plot of this episode is Frasier accidentally wrote happy, you know, a, a, a crude birthing message in a card for someone with kidney failure. He says, you know, when Ross questions him on it, he's like, I didn't recognize the traditional card from man in advanced stages of kidney failure. I mean, do you think out there, Guy, this kind of card exists? 
I'm sorry, your kidneys are failing. Do you think that, I mean, I think it's for high probability, don't you think? I mean, you do, you get cards saying get well soon. And... You, you oh, get like joke ones. So I'm sure out there somewhere, there's a card oh, yeah. that has like two kidneys, like, you know, boxing each other on the front or something. <laughs> I can just picture it now. Yeah, mate, that's, a, that's another, other than our dating apps and our... Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I think if we ever make merch, a t-shirt with, with two kidneys fighting on it on it should be should be one of the things uh were you gonna say something then i felt like i cut you off i feel that i feel sorry for fraser here because it's uh, everyone would assume it's a birthday card i mean i would it makes it should he should oh yeah the noise god the noise um <laughs> make the it, noise stop <laughs> that is that is not a card you give to someone who's on their deathbed it's <laughs> not it's not although you would have thought when he was writing his message, he would have seen everyone else's messages. They yeah, had some that, idea. You look, don't you, at what any, everyone else has put because you don't want to overdo it and you don't want to underdo it. I signed yeah. a million of these when I was at work, um, like working part time, and I always looked to see what other people said, so I didn't kind of step out of line. And and that it, weirdly, you end up having a card full of thirty messages that are all weirdly homogenous exactly kind of the same. Yeah. sentiment it actually it's actually not it has the the adverse effect of what it should do because you just think oh, man all these people are they think they think i'm very average or mediocre or whatever yeah. Yeah. i mean i when i'm filling in a card like this i copy what everyone else has done i check to see if anyone else has put like an x at the end or not that's... oh that's a big one you don't want to overstep <laughs> the mark with the x <laughs> you put an x on and they just stare at you when they get the card <laughs> you got to be real careful with the x's so we, we have another just iconic i'm not going to read out the line i'll probably end up playing it on on the show but niles's dream i actually had a dream my flower sack was abducted and the kidnapper started sending me muffins in the mail <laughs> One of the most iconic Frasier lines, I would say. I would say, you know, people might disagree, but I think that's in the top 10 Frasier jokes most people remember. It's insanely clever. Again, I have to think, as I did with the bag of sugar, how do you come up with stuff this good? Did they have those two jokes and think, let's make a, an episode around it? Or I'd love to know the thought process here. We talked a little bit about it last week with Joe Keenan and, you know, moving from the blue to the black or from the black to the blue, whichever way around it was, on the writer's board. So I just think, yeah, I, I'm just, it's these kind of jokes that make me so curious about what the writing process was like, I think. This joke is funny enough. You'd want to write a whole episode around it. It's, so, really it's an amazing, amazing joke. This joke is that good that well, I was watching this and ready for the podcast last night. Um, Shan was walking past, heard this joke and stopped and was staring in the corridor to... To watch. You have to, don't you? Because you're like, what is, how is that so good? It's, it's just, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal joke. It's hilarious. It's absolutely, I just, there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's pitch perfect. And it's followed immediately by a real child would have cried before it burst into flames. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I love how genuinely, Niles, this could not have gone any worse. Yeah. But he's so confident. It's, I really think I'll make a wonderful parent after he all is, this. He's in such denial, isn't he? That, that bag of flour is like, it, looks, look, it literally looks like he's been put through like an industrial mangler. It is barely breathing, you know, in metaphorical terms. My next bullet point here, and it's surely something you'll agree with. I cannot possibly fathom why Frasier is so calm when flour is going all over his <laughs> suede couch. Because that would be a nightmare to clean. We know he loves the couch. He doesn't like Eddie on it at the best of times. And here is literally flour spreading all over it. Now, I've never put flour on suede before, but I'm going to have to yeah, get a, a bitch to clean so yeah this just doesn't sit well with me it's funny that we have the daphne line you know that dingo's eating your baby but just this flag for you as well i'm assuming it digs you kind of made a noise then two things about this one is it's completely out of character for fraser that he it would is. not freak out at this happening i mean you know he doesn't even like eddie being on the sofa never mind demolishing a bag of flour whilst on said sofa yeah and, and that's not coming out easy that isn't that is a problem i would not be happy it'd be a nightmare secondly i want to talk about daphne's line that dingo's got your baby yeah now this is a very very 90s american sitcom line okay so i've I'm very aware of this, you know, in, in Seinfeld, Elaine does a bit where, oh, maybe the dingo ate your baby. In I have not, I do not remember that. I'm currently re-watching Seinfeld, um, and I, I don't think I've maybe heard that line before, so it's interesting in, in, that Elaine says it. In season three, there's an episode, I think she's had a bit, a fair bit to drink. Oh, um, I'll have seen it then. She says, oh, 
maybe the, the dingo ate your baby. In The Simpsons, in Bart versus Australia, Bart says of to course. the, you know, oh, hey, I think I hear a dingo eating your baby. I mean, do you know where it comes from? I, are, are you, have you looked this up or are you genuinely asking me? Genuinely asking you. Because oh, I know where it comes from. It's a genuine story. Um, it's, there's a Wikipedia page I've definitely been on before. A, a, a baby was kidnapped from an open window somewhere in Australia. And I think, I, I'm not sure if it was ever solved. Again, this is just showing our gross ignorance. So we're probably getting this completely wrong. So please correct us in the comments. But I remember a story about this baby being kidnapped. And the idea was, I think either someone said that a, a, a dingo had come through the window and taken the baby like in its jaws and ran off with it. Or the baby was kidnapped and this was like a stupid media sensation headline about, you know, what might have happened. But it's it's based on something that actually, you know, actually happened in some ways or another. So yeah. that's why it's riffed on so much in American sitcoms. Basically, you're, you're right on, on both fronts. So in 1980, mm -hmm. EB was killed. Okay. And the parents said, um, it is alleged to have called out at the time, the dingo's got my baby. Wow. Um, the time so was made out like the parents had killed them and they tried to get convictions against the parents. However, mm -hmm. later on, it was turned out, it turned out, and a coroner found the child was taken and killed by a dingo. Holy um, hell. There have been later uh, stories and, and apparently evidence of dingoes uh, attacking children and killing them and I, just, I find this so strange that american comedy saw the, the death of a child and went yeah this is a, this is a comedy angle we can work with because i know so many american comedies in the 1990s made a joke about this and i, I just I find it really strange years after the fact as well like why like all this time later it's it, they, they kind of take their cue from each other just Really weird, really weird. I mean, it's a funny line, but yeah, bro, harrowing provenance to that quote there. But um, in fact, just as a quick t 10 second tangent, rewatching Seinfeld, I think I'm on like season five. Um, I think like a lot of people consider where I'm at now, like the golden period of the show, and it is fantastic. I Elaine, for me, is one of the best characters from a sitcom. Like, is it Julia, Louise, Dreyfus, Dreyfus? She yeah. is just unbelievable. Like, I cannot, if somehow Elaine, she, had been in Frasier. I can't even imagine what that would have been like because she's just an unbelievable character. But I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have, have watched Seinfeld because a lot of our listeners are American. And so I'm very late to the Seinfeld party, but um, it is, it's great. We have Martin's kind of end of episode wisdom here as we're quite accustomed to now, you know. Having a baby is, you know, something you feel in your gut, and I, you know, it just I love him kind of sharing this wisdom with Niles, and just a, a rare moment of them two kind of bonding individually as well, rather than having kind of Frasier there as well. And I just think a lot of what Martin says here has a lot of heart, but it's actually what Frasier says to console Niles, which is one of my favourite lines of this of the show of this episode that isn't funny at all, and it's the way he delivers the line. It's only selfish when people have babies for the wrong reasons. And the way Kelsey says, like, for the wrong reasons, it goes down into that kind of lower register of his voice. It's a really warm, lovely line. And it's just, he's, I just think he's being a great brother here. He's being consoling. He's saying everything Niles needs to hear, but he's also not being disingenuous. I just think it's a really wonderful moment. I agree on, on both fronts. I mean, Martin's, I think that's a really nice Martin Niles moment because he says, you know, no, your kids won't want to take piano lessons or go to a museum they want to go to a baseball game and he's don't even you know, say he's, that <laughs> you know he's, he's, he's sort of he's reflecting his own relationship with with niles and frazier in that they are very different and you know he said early on in the episode you know he was reading about mickey mantle when i think i can't remember if it was frazier or niles was born and it shows that you know your kids can be completely different from you but he loves his kids and the way he says you know just trust yourself son i just i think that's a really nice line it's a really nice moment between them and it shows how good a dad Martin is because Martin loves his kids unconditionally. And that's what he's trying to get across to, to Niles is is that you have to be you have to be able to love your kids unconditionally if you want to become a parent. Um, yeah. I think it's just it's a really nice moment between them in terms of what he's said, but also what he's unsaid, but you can tell he's trying to put across, I think. I, I am um, very beautifully put, Kay. Um I couldn't agree more. I just yeah, I, Martin is a is a wonderful dad in many respects. Um this episode does a, does a lot. Like, it's a great concept for an episode. In fact, someone in, in, we'll get there in, in Listener Mail said there weren't that 
much of a fan of this episode because it's very, very much a sitcom episode rather than a Frasier episode. Like the whole plot of this episode is very contrived in a way that it's like very clearly a, a bit of a, a, a full sitcom episode. It's got a bit of slapstick, a bit of physical comedy. It's got something a little bit outlandish and weird, you know, Niles with a bag of flour and a papoose around his neck. Um, it's also got the kind of, you know, the wisdom at the end, um, which I think is very fair. You know, that's a fair comment. But I would also say this is one of the most popular episodes of the show to a lot of fans as well. And, you know, that's equally as valid. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree what you were saying. Um, I've kind of lost my train of thought. What, what was I, what, where was I going with that? What, what was the last thing you had said? Um, I, I said how great a dad Martin is. I was, I was going to say as well, mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful, I completely agree with you between the moment between Frasier and Niles. Because he's, you know, Fraser, he's a really, just, it's a really, I think, vulnerable, raw moment when he, you know, he says, I'm, you know, it's selfish on the right age. I have the money, the energy for a kid. And, yeah. But it's such. It's, Fraser's right. More people should have the guts to admit I don't want it enough. Yeah, it, I think that's a really, a really nice thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's a really, really nice moment between them. But then, in typical Fraser fashion, they have this really tender, sweet moment, and then you can go straight back to comedy a few seconds later, which is talking about Marison getting her eggs frozen. <laughs> we're only a few degrees away from that now such a fantastic line and then obviously we have the kind of the denouement of the episode we go to the hospital where we bump into Arlene and little baby Nathan and kind of Niles holding it incorrectly why does Niles accompany Frasier to the hospital I don't understand Frasier's just nipping to the hospital to sort out this card query I never get why Niles has gone with him Other than, well, obviously he needs to be there for the for the gags and stuff but is there any plausible reason why he would have gone it's the cranes you know you get one you get that other one <laughs> that's a very good point um, yeah I mean I've got no qualms with it because it's I like the fact he goes with it. Often, you know, like for example, today my brother went to the villa shop um, to, you know, check some kits. He was like, "Oh, do you want to come?" I had no reason to go with him, but you know, he stopped by, picked me up. Sometimes just brothers do that; they go places together. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna split hairs there. Some great little last moments. Make the music stop and the guy's screaming and not. Frasch has left the card open over his head in the uh, in the ward. Also, my last bullet point is simply Nathan. Not a name you hear that often these days, <laughs> which I actually don't think it is. I don't know any Nathans, do you? We went to school with a Nathan. We, other uh, than the one we went that's... to school with. I don't like to name drop people we know on this in case they ever listen. <laughs> um, I'm pretty confident they're not listening. I'm pretty confident Nathan's not listening um, to this. That's the only, I think that's the only Nathan I know mm. I've met. Sorry, I'm drinking tea. Um, yeah, no, completely agree. Um, so it's, it's not an uncommon name. You hear it, you think, oh yeah, pretty sound, pretty normal, but you know. Let us know if you know a Nathan in the comments. We would, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> um, so, if you're a Nathan who likes Frasier, then we want to hear from you. <laughs> we want to hear from you. So kind of the, the gubbins at the end of the episode, got a few things to work through here. Firstly, we have a Facebook page now, which the amazing John Beale, admin mod of Frasier Fan Club, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, he has made us a Facebook page. We'll simply be posting the main episode posts each week when they get published on there people can then share them and we'll share them to Fraser fan club from that page as well it will be a place where if you come and like the page um we'll kind of post little jokes and comments and you can put trivia there if you want as well i'm going to try and keep things to reddit at the moment because that's where we started people are familiar with that for that but if you have facebook as well and you do comment on us on reddit you know in the near future we're going to try and just keep it all to one platform where possible just just to keep things easy for all of us so it's just called we're listening a Fraser podcast so you can probably find that pretty easily on facebook the second thing really quick one um i've just been kind of doing a bit of fishing around on different websites where we're kind of hosted or we, we kind of show up on feeds and we've got some really good reviews like across the board actually and there's we've got some like a five we had a few five star reviews on itunes and one actual comment review i haven't got it to hand it was really lovely um, and really nice but it's by someone with the username cyrodelic brandy now i don't know if this person still listens to the podcast um whether they posted that you know at the beginning or, or now if you are listening cyrodelic brandy you might not know this key um, people if anyone listening other than me knows what that username is a reference to i will personally send you one of my coveted fraser scripts but basically cyrodelic brandy is a, is a very niche reference to the video game the elder scrolls oblivion are you familiar with that game key have you heard of it no of it i've never yeah, played it it's, but it's I know like of my it. favorite game of all time um to see someone 
who you know those basically the the one thing I know in this world as much as I know Frasier is that game. They're like the two things I, I love. Um, so to see someone review this podcast with that username, and I mean it is really niche, like it's it's specific that that username. So if you're listening, please get in touch with us because it was unreal to see that. It was an amazing coincidence of like two of my worlds colliding in many ways. So love that. Key, I'm going to ask you this week: Is Flower Child in your top ten? Okay, so it, it's not in my top 10 okay however was then and i really thought it was gonna be i was getting the fanfare I, ready i am um, i before i watched this i thought it was going to be in my top 10 mm, it's um, one of those it, it was one it don't get me wrong it's a really great episode mm-hmm. i love it i don't know in my head i feel i built it up to be a little bit more than it actually is i can i can see that it's, it's a very high concept episode isn't it so I think we tend to do that. It's no, not. Sorry, what are you going to say? Because I was coming in thinking, wow, this is going to be a top 10. This is going to be amazing. I was like, oh, it's very good, but it's not. Not, not quite, quite that level. level. Yeah, I completely agree. It's not in my top 10, but it's a very, it's one I highly think of, and I was looking forward to getting to it. Um, so, you know, I've really enjoyed the review this week. I imagine it will be in the top 10 of a few people listening. So, obviously, as always, let us know in the comments. Key, I have to ask you as always, our man on the ground, Mr. Kennedy Burling, what would he think of Flower Child? Kennedy Burling loves it. Fun fact, like, Kennedy's own parents started mm. off with a bag of flour. Wow. And that's how he turned into the man that he is today. Wow. They learned all their parenting skills from that flower and they molded him as such. And they had a bag of sugar as well. Wow. But between the two, they really learned a lot. Incredible. Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. Okay, Key, it's time for a little game of Whose Crane Is Anyway before we go to listener mail. Are you ready for that this week? I am indeed. Excellent, because as always, I haven't prepared it. So I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave this in. This is tradition now. I'm not gonna edit this portion of the podcast out, but I haven't picked it, so I'm just gonna go. Okay, I've got my I've got my I've got my line. Okay. Who says it's okay, it's natural. It's okay, it's natural. Who says okay, that in this episode? Oh, okay. Oh, it's okay, it's natural. Can you give okay. me if can you tell me who says it and if you can give me the context even better? Yeah, um my first thought was that it could be possibly Isles when he's he's holding the baby maybe for the first time oh it's okay you cry it's natural but at the same time thinking now maybe Frazier says it to her in the cab maybe he's like oh it's okay it's I mean, no maybe martin says it when he's comforting her <laughs> so oh it's okay <laughs> perfectly natural lots of and people really cycling through the names here key fishing I... for a clue one would it's definitely think. one of the three <laughs> okay, okay my... it is one of the three you've named okay i'm thinking that it is oh it's one of those three okay um oh god okay i'm gonna say martin in the cab it is niles in the cab <laughs> you're oh! so close you're so close you even had niles at one point that you were gonna go yeah. ah, it really hurts it's okay it's natural no you're squeezing my hand um so unf- sorry there kia for stumped you again um are you ready to hop over to listener mail i am indeed excellent Raz, who's our next caller? So, for listening to Mal this week, we have received a lot of responses to uh, to the previous to the matchmaker and about Flower Child, both from new listeners and from existing listeners as well. Um, just in the interest of keeping the podcast length time down and kind of keeping it, you know, kind of nice and neat and compact because we are running over a little bit already. We're only going to be able to just kind of select a few at, at this point and kind of read them out. It, this will vary week from week. It depends how many we get. If we don't read yours out, really sorry, but you know that is how it goes. Can Sam and Hamish um, always write in really great write-ups, and I hope they don't mind, but because they do the trivia, maybe they won't mind if we kind of leave their comments this week and read out perhaps some of the people who haven't spoken before. I'm sure they won't mind. So I'm going to read, we've got a little response from, in fact, Dina, Dina D, who has, who's wrote in once, and we read her response out the other week. I'm going to read her response now. So she put, this week's episode was great as always. Martin's laugh in the kitchen always cracks me up and I totally agree about Tom being so presumptuous. It was really creepy in a way. I felt more sorry for Daphne than Tom though. She was really looking forward to not being single anymore and I think that feeling is totally relatable. Meanwhile, I think Tom's intentions that night were a little questionable lol, which me and Key firmly agree with. Um, She put, and hearing you read out my first comment put a giant smile on my face. I was so happy to hear that it meant so much to you guys. You continue to do such fantastic work each week. Also, you're right about the word uni. In the US, it's more common to just call it college, but I've been hearing the word uni more often, so I started using it as well, lol. Looking forward to next week's episode. So thank you, Dina D. Okay, so uh, we also have a message from PC Glenn. Uh, they say, 
I'd like to join the chorus of support. This has become one of my favourite podcasts. Well done in every respect. Flower Child has always been one of my least favourites. It feels the most like a typical sitcom episode. I feel it could easily be an episode of Saved by the Bell or Family Ties. I'll be most interested to hear what you make of it. There you go. So it was PC Glenn, who I was inadvertently plagiarising his ideas in the podcast review. But yeah, he was the person, or she, who wrote in to say um, that it was uh, a little bit contrived as a plot episode, which is, you know, your, your opinion yeah. is very it's much expected I, here. I can see where they're coming from. I, say, I feel that this is something you see a lot of in American comedy in particular. Is this yeah. sort of an episode with someone looking after a fake child and it goes Having badly. a parental crisis in some way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Spock or Nine, who I don't believe has written in before, put, started listening to the podcast over the last few weeks and you're doing an incredible job. There's so much negativity in the world just now, so it's nice to switch off for an hour or so and delve into the upper class Seattle antics of the late 90s. The Matchmaker is one of my favourite episodes and is the episode that got my wife hooked on the show too. It might not make my top 10, but it would probably be around 11 or 12 on the list so thank you very much Spockle okay um, I've got one from always touch out mm -hmm. uh, so they say this is one of my favourite episodes but I'm still catching up with previous editions of this wonderful new podcast so I'm looking forward to hearing this one keep it up guys this is great Thank you very much. Always Thank good to you hear very that. Much. Always touch out. Boss Macatron. I feel like I know that name, but I, I I feel like they're a new listener. But been waiting for this one. Can't wait to listen later tonight. Short and simple. Always appreciated. Few other comments, obviously, from the regulars. So Reclia, the Quizmasters. Sorry we haven't got to yours yet, but your yours are a little bit longer. Um, and obviously, as you write in each week, we thought we'd try and privilege a few of the people who haven't had their comments read out before. But all of your responses are appreciated. And we do read them all anyway, even if we don't read them out on air so please keep them coming regardless is there anything else i have missed key um the title of this episode yes do you have anything for that i think flower child is that not a 60s thing like flower power flower child maybe yes flower child originated as a synonym for hippie especially among the idealistic young people who gathered in san francisco during the summer of love i'm taking this from wikipedia um but yeah <laughs> I, I didn't realize it was actually riffing on that obviously with a different spelling of flower so kind of a, a pun there there's not actually a lot in it like beyond the word pun like niles isn't a hippie looking after a bag of flour isn't hippie-ish so i think it's just on a purely linguistic level the pun there we've missed off the coffee count i will rectify that um please don't show up at my house with pitchforks listeners next week we'll be looking at episode five jukes we hardly knew ye um which involves the closure of martin's favorite bar so looking forward to that one but other than that i've been will i've been key thank you very much for listening to we're listening Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled